Hello, and welcome to Unknowable, the podcast where we talk about all things mysterious, unusual, or unknowable. I'm Justine. And I'm Gray. This week, we are revisiting the very first topic we ever talked about on Unknowable. That is Mothman. Mothman, yeah. We are number one episode, first episode released October 22nd, 2018. Which feels like we a like almost ago. nailed it. Yeah, it does. It really does. But that was our first episode. We dove in with Mothman. It was like good, solid, cryptid. Most people know it. Very popular. Yep. Um, and then, God, it was probably like a solid year ago. I think you sent me an article about Mothman mm-hmm. being sighted in Chicago, and I was like, "Oh shit, he's back! He's back!" And we've kind of just been sitting on it since then. And we have gotten several people have written to us and commented. Um, we actually, you sent me the article recently, like a few weeks ago when we decided to do this Mm -hmm. about this most recent sighting in Chicago. Yeah. Um, This is very, very relevant. Like this is currently happening right now. Mothman is in Chicago. Yeah. This is unfolding now and has been, Um, but you sent me that article and then I think like three or four other people sent it to our Instagram being like, Hey, you guys going to cover this? Like (laughs) what's going on? Hell yes we are. Yeah. So we figured it was time. Um, so if you don't know, we're going to do, again, we did episode one is all about Mothman. That's a solid, almost hour and a half long episode about the, I should say the most popular sightings of Mothman, which were in Point Pleasant, Virginia, um, from 1966 to 1967, all, I wouldn't say culminating with the collapse of the Silver Bridge because, there were still sightings after that, but the most sightings happened in that year. And then yep. Silver Bridge collapsed. There were what about 50 ish people who died. Yep. Um, and that was, that was a whole thing. So those are the most popular sightings of Mothman. And that's most of what our episode one is about, but we do touch on some other worldwide sightings, um, such as the, the Fry, yes. Free, Freiburg, Freiburg, Shrieker, <laughs> Freiburg. Yeah. Sure. It's, uh, okay, so that was in Germany. I don't remember exactly where in Germany. I'm sure you have that in your notes. I but probably do. Germany in the 1800s was this like group of dudes who were going into a mine to do their daily mining work. And Ooh, no, wait, correction. This was the 70s. This was the 1970s? Yeah, 1978. Seriously? Why do I remember this being yeah. the 1800s? Wow, okay. I don't know. I totally did too. I am a hack and a fraud, but this um, was Freiburg, Germany, Freiburg, Germany, 1970. So this is post Point Pleasant. Wow. Okay. Post. Yeah. So Mothman shows up in Point Pleasant in the late sixties. Then he hops over to, or another sort of like, so yeah, so these miners are going into the mine and there's this big winged creature that is blocking the door, preventing them from getting into the mine shaft. And it's shrieking, screaming at them, preventing them from going <laughs> yeah. in, which is terrifying. Um, yeah, a blood curdling screech. Of course, blood curdling. Yeah. And he prevents them from going into the mine. And then I guess later that day, the mine collapsed and yeah. would have killed all of those men. But Mothman prevented them from going into the mine and dying. Yeah. It's great. That's crazy that it's the same. Great 70s. job, Mothman. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I totally was in my head. It was like way, way back in history, but no. Right. 1978. 
Yeah. So he totally prevented them from dying. Um, in 18, 1985, scientists and other workers at the nuclear power plant in Chernobyl dun, dun, uh, claimed dun. to see a huge black bird-like creature with the body of a man flying around the plant. Um, and so there's not as much of a connection. The Chicago Mothman doesn't have this connection, but the Point Pleasant Mothman sightings also had this sort of underlying current as well of like odd phone calls that people were getting, mm. um, sightings of men in black, which we've talked about before as well. Yep. Um, Chicago Mothman doesn't quite have that, but people who saw this bird-like creature in Chernobyl also reported sort of these weird harassing phone calls and nightmares um, leading up to the the disastrous explosion that we all know of. Mm -hmm. Um, And actually the day of the accident, several people saw the bird flying around the smoke after the explosion. Yep. Um, So potentially hanging out in Chernobyl. He's so he's, he's migrating East. He starts in Point Pleasant on the East coast of the United States. Then he's in Germany in the seventies. Then he's in Ukraine in the eighties. Yep. So what's he doing? But then he he comes back Mm -hmm. in 2001 for for 911 911 <laughs> one of i think one of the more striking photos that is mm, supposedly of the mothman is the 911 photos where you can kind of see mm. hit, like this winged humanoid creature that doesn't look it doesn't look like photoshop like it's not like a poorly photoshopped thing like it looks like an actual physical object that was photographed in the air right and he's kind of like swooping between buildings um I guess it could potentially be like debris or something falling from, you know, the World Trade Centers or something or blowing around. But it's very striking that it looks like Mothman, a humanoid winged creature. Oh, yeah. Um, It's kind of terrifying. I think the, yeah, the Twin Towers, the 9-11 sightings are basically just, um, it was during the days leading up to the attacks. Several people reported seeing a black winged creature, um, and then, yeah, during the attack, as the second plane hit, eyewitnesses reported a creature flying parallel to the plane. And then in the days that followed, some of the people who were saying that they saw this creature were approached by men in black and warned to stop talking about what they saw. Um, classic. So, yeah, classic. So he's been around. We just wanted to kind of touch on some of those other um, things. And again, even in episode one, we didn't go into those in super crazy detail because we were mostly focusing on the Point Pleasant sightings, but kind of just shows that this is not like limited to this one state, this one area. This is kind of worldwide sightings of this, a similar creature. Right. Um, And And we'll go into a little bit more about that. Because so for right now, looking at all of these um, sightings, it's, it's very like, it seems like it's just one, one individual creature a single Mothman that is migrating around and going to these different places. Cause he's only seen one time in one place. It's not, it's never like, Oh, like he's been seen multiple times in the same time period to where it would have to be multiples of like a species. So up until now, that's been the kind of the MO of Mothman, but we'll see with some of these Chicago sightings that might be not necessarily the truth. Shit, shit is changing. Yeah. Um, so we'll go in a little bit about what Mothman looks like. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of uh, 
fun details here, which some of you who've been listening this whole time know about our uh, many, I think we've made many references in past episodes since episode one about yep. uh, certain physical characteristics of Mothman. Yes. Um, but yeah, generally, obviously the sightings do vary a bit in detail, but a lot of the more consistent details are generally between six and 10 feet tall. Yep. Um, this creature looks mostly humanoid besides the fact that it has giant wings. Yep. Um, generally like a pretty big wingspan. Usually people describe the wings, the wingspan looking at least as tall as if not taller than the creature itself. So when you're already talking about a six, seven, eight, ten 10 foot creature, a wingspan larger than that is pretty huge. Um, and then generally just like some people describe it as looking somewhat like a lizard or a, um, dragon, but most people kind of describe like an owl or a bat. Right. Um, the eyes can vary, but generally red eyes, like glowing red eyes, people usually say, yep. Um, but there's been green eyes, yellow eyes, orange eyes, all kinds of different things. Hmm. And including some people saying they didn't notice any eyes or really much of a face at all. But, um, yeah, typically covered in fur, sometimes like leathery skin, Mm. sometimes a combination and um mostly people talk about no real neck to be spoken of right um again like that's kind of i think where some of the moth descriptions come in where mm-hmm. not that a moth has the body of a man but just sort of this <laughs> idea that it would just be like a head going into a body with no discernible neck right i think makes people think of a moth and um People often describe a, a very muscular body. Yes. He's ripped. He's muscular like, legs. He has ripped legs. Like he does not miss leg <laughs> yeah. day. No, he, if anything, he may hit leg day too much because a lot of people mostly just describe the legs and no other muscular part. So I think maybe he's lacking up top right. a little bit, but t- generally muscular is the description or like thick or strong looking. Um, thick. Yeah, it's horrifying. <laughs> if you've ever seen, so Point Pleasant because they are sort of like this epicenter in the United States. And again, at least until now mm-hmm. um, of these Mothman sightings, they have like a whole Mothman festival every year that started in 2002. Um, they have a very famous Mothman statue, like a metal statue. Yep. And yeah, if you look at pictures of that statue, like that thing has a butt. Yep. It's, it's got, got a butt. Cake. It's got a, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's disturbing. So yes. I would love Someday, when everything settles down and it's like safe to travel, we are going mm-hmm. to make a pilgrimage for sure to Point Pleasant and see, go around the time of the festival, go to the festival, see the statue. It's going to be awesome. Um, but yeah, so that's general physical description. Yep. It has been seen doing all kinds of different things. Some people are seeing it standing in front of them. A lot of people see it um, taking off in flight. A lot of screaming, screeching. Lots of screaming. All kinds of, yeah, lots of wild noises. Um, And at least in Chicago, it has mostly been seen sort of around bodies of water, like around Lake Michigan, um, that sort of area, but also just all over the city in all kinds of different places. So this has been some daytime, mostly nighttime sightings. Definitely seems like a more nocturnal creature. Um but a little bit of everything. So that's kind of the, the gist of what this creature is at, at a very basic level. Right. I think in our, our first episode, we kind of landed on the idea that he's, 
potentially some kind of interdimensional being that maybe escaped his own universe and slipped into our universe and is here either just confused and not sure where he is or potentially he's sort of a a prophet who's trying to like warn us of impending disaster, which is why he's cited around all these disasters um, or potentially a cause of those disasters. But he's definitely some kind of interdimensional being because he has the ability to do things like communicate telepathically and seems to have this foreknowledge of the future. And so he can probably see time in a way that we can't. I think that's kind of the general gist of where we landed on him. Like what he, what he is or what his taxonomical description would be. Yeah. I think this is an an interesting episode for us because I don't think we've ever like returned to a topic quite like this. We have obviously done topics that are, you know, in a similar vein, we've done different missing people or different murders, but this is like the first time we've actually come back to potentially the same cryptid. And it's interesting because yeah, this is, we're sort of going over now, like what our, what our, research was at that time and what we concluded at that time um, for that particular rash of sightings of Mothman. But now we'll kind of go into today into Chicago specifically and really Illinois specifically, I should say. Um, right. And yeah, I think at the time we did, we decided like interdimensional and we really, I think settled on like Mothman himself itself. Um, I think we kind of talked a little bit about, Mothman being beyond gender. Mothman is so. not going to be caged in that box, but um no. Just which I mean, he has the word man in his name, so yes. For the sake of it, we may refer to Mothman as he, but just let it be known that Mothman has no particular gender. Unless most likely no concept of gender. Yeah. They they're beyond that. We're talking about like beings that can travel from dimension to dimension. They are not limited by the small minds that we have here. Nope. Um, but I think we settled on Mothman essentially being misunderstood. Like people, some people contributing these disasters to Mothman as far as mm-hmm. Mothman causing them, but it really doesn't, didn't strike us as him doing anything. It was more just that he was desperately trying. And again, this is potentially like a much more advanced mind and form of communication, trying to speak with us who are limited to just speech Right. And maybe he just couldn't get across like, hey, this is going to happen, um, but tried and sadly failed and people died right. in many different cases. So, um, but yeah, we'll kind of talk about various sightings of this more current Mothman and what our theories are about that. So it's interesting. The whole, the whole Chicago flap is interesting because I feel like all those other ones we talked about, he's, it's sort of a one-off like, oh, he was in New York on 9-11 or in Chernobyl when that happened. And it's sort of a, you know, a few sightings clustered really tightly together and then he's gone from that area. But the Chicago one, he's been sighted in Chicago from like what, 2012 onward. Yeah. So it's been, uh, yeah, 2011, 2012 at least. Um, but there have been sightings of winged creatures in Chicago and the surrounding nearby area since potentially the fifties. Um, not as frequent though, kind of similar, I think to point pleasant, even where there had been things spotted here and there in that area, but it was like, there was this huge accumulation at a certain time. So, um, I think it, yeah, it started, I have some sightings starting back in the 
late 50s and then we'll go all the way up to the most recent which again was like a month ago um it's wild so you can find a huge comprehensive list of sightings on um the website for the singular Fordian society just singular um if you don't know again i feel like we definitely try to talk to listeners as though this is your first ever episode and maybe your first foray into paranormal in general. Um, mm-hmm. cause I get a lot of, I remember talking about Mothman casually and like, of course I was just talking casually about it, but, and a few of my friends were like, what the hell is Mothman? And I was like, Oh, it's a cryptid, blah, blah, blah. And like, they were like, wait, what the hell is a cryptid? And I was like, Oh shit, you don't know about any of this, Jesus, which like, yeah, of course, you if you're not interested in this and you don't, yeah, like this is just maybe not your thing. So some of you listening, if you don't know what Fordian means, um, it means involving or relating to things that cannot be explained by science. So that's basically anything we talk about. <laughs> all that we um, talk about. And so, yeah, all that we talk about, I mean, aside from some more crime centric stuff, most of what we're talking about is things that can't be explained by science. Um, but the singular Fordian society based out of Madison, Wisconsin has a goal of quote, bridging the gap between skepticism and belief. So pretty cool, but they've got a huge list of sightings that have been, uh, arranged chrono chronologically. Wow. So you can just go through <laughs> starting from this 1957 sighting all the way up until now and read articles and descriptions of every sighting that has been documented. Um, so fascinating one in 1957, there was a young man who encountered a winged creature with the body of a man while hunting in Braidwood, Illinois, which is about 60 miles southeast of Chicago. Um, So this man was a teenager at the time, but he contacted the Singular Fordian Society this year to tell his story. He said he never knew who to tell it to until he came across their article about the sighting at O'Hare recently. Um, So he just kind of like saw some very similar characteristics and was like oh shit um so this guy gerald therese he's 79 now but he describes at the time he was hunting with his brother and brother-in-law they were in the middle of a large field standing under like this one tree that was in the middle and they saw a huge man-sized creature sail over their heads and into the woods across the road um he said the creature had the body of a large man with legs but it was covered with dark tan colored feathers yeah, so, and he said they were just stunned. Um, so that, I mean, the sighting itself is pretty, I mean, I don't want to say bland because that's still <laughs> horrifying, but in the scheme of things, like, they saw yep. it fly over and it was gone. Um, mm-hmm. But the more interesting thing in the article was, so he spoke with, um, yeah, the Singular Fordian Society. They asked if he'd had any other paranormal experiences and he recalled seeing a UFO at a U.S. Army station in Northfield, Illinois in 1963. So this was just hmm. a few years later. Um, he was on guard duty at their radar station and saw a UFO. He reported it to their command office in Arlington, Illinois, and was contacted several days later by Dr. J. Allen Hynek, who is the college professor recruited by the Air Force to spearhead Project Blue Book. Dun, dun, dun. Um, yeah, if you don't know... Project Blue Book was a series of one of a series of systematic studies of UFOs conducted by the U.S. Air Force. Um, so, yeah, he was contacted by the Dr. Alan Hynek 
who was said he was informed to tell him that what he saw was just a private airplane towing an advertising sign. Um, huh. Yeah. So uh, Gerald said that he really doubted that was the case. He said when he saw this UFO, it was after midnight. So he really doubts that a plane with an advertising sign would have been flying at that time. Um, but also he said the moves that this UFO was making were not things that were anything that he has ever seen a plane do. Um, hmm. That they did these crazy moves and then shot up into space, quote, as fast as a bullet. Um, so his experience is actually documented in Project Blue Book. Um, and interestingly enough, the missile site is just two miles west of Lake Michigan. So very close. Very close. Um, so that that to me was almost more interesting that he has not only had this you know, winged creature sighting, but that he had also had this very unusual UFO sighting and this whole connection to project blue book was just cool, but it was just, he mentioned that he really wanted to talk to somebody who was familiar with the type of creature that he saw before he died. So it was kind of, I think we've talked a lot about the sort of isolation and, um, you know, embarrassment that people might feel seeing creatures like this and wanting to, come forward and share things and find like some sense of community from it, but feeling like they're going to be ridiculed. So it was kind of sad that this guy has like maybe sat on this for most of his life and then was like, Oh shit, people I can talk to who aren't going to laugh at me, who are going to be fascinated. Right. Um, Thank God for the internet. Yeah, seriously. Um, so then we go just a few years later, 1969. Um, did you hear about this one? The guy who was abducted by a winged creature. No. Wait. Oh my God. Abducted by Mothman? <laughs> Abducted by Mothman or a Mothman or Birdman or I don't know. Birdman. Um, a man named Floyd R. Hancock was in Rolling Prairie, Indiana. So again, only about 70 miles southeast of Chicago. Um, also 160 miles from the Prairie Creek Reservoir, which is the site of a slew of Mothman and High Strangest Reports near Gary, Indiana, which has its own winged creature sightings like we could go into multiple episodes worth of like places that have winged creature sightings, but we're right. just going to stick with Chicago area for right now. Um, so Floyd spoke with Lon Strickler who runs a blog called phantoms and monsters who, which you should check out all yes. of the collective you. <laughs> um, he is a paranormal investigator. He has been doing a lot of investigating specifically of this Chicago Mothman. Um, so yeah, he spoke with Lon Hancock said that him and his family were living at the time in a trailer on their family's land. So I wasn't clear on how old he was at the time, but he was a child. Right. Um, the trailer had sustained some damage, so it had a hole in the roof that was covered by a tarp until they could repair it. So one night he's in his bedroom. He's awoken by a strange noise and a strong odor, which is maybe the first time I've heard of an odor being associated with this particular type of creature. Right. Um, what does he smell he, like? I know, like, I think it just said the actual sighting was mentioned that it was a disagreeable odor. So. Yeah, I would imagine like wet dog or like just like, yeah, he, I don't think Mothman takes baths. No, I don't think Mothman's particularly clean and we don't really know like what type of like feathers or leathery skin or whatever he's got going on. Like, I think there's, yeah, right. there's maybe some funkiness happening there. <laughs> um, so he's woken up. Yeah, weird noise. He smells something bizarre 
he looks towards his sister's crib and he saw a large winged humanoid staring down at her. Oof. Um, yeah, which is like, I can like see it so clearly. Mm-hmm. It's horrifying. The being slowly turned and looked at Hancock. He described it as being very tall, between seven and eight feet in height, with a body and face covered in black hair. Hmm. Its posture was crouched. It had huge leathery wings shaped like those of a bat or gargoyle and muscular arms and legs. Um, <laughs> its body and face were thin and looked like a human skeleton with sharp teeth and dark eyes. That's the only unusual part for me. I don't, I've never really heard of Mothman being described as either of those things, sharp teeth or dark eyes. Yeah. Weird. So I don't know. It made a low garbled sound, which again, just what the fuck oh. he, yeah. Like what? Like in this just staring down at this baby, um, Hancock screamed to alert his parents, but they didn't respond. So his grandmother ran in, but she was so stunned by what she saw that she immediately fell to her knees. Um, the creature picked up Hancock in its arms and made its way into the living room where it ascended through the hole in the ceiling. Jesus. What What? the fuck? He's yeah. He said he remembers being very cold and wet and hearing his grandmother screaming as the winged being took off into the night sky. Um, he doesn't know how long he was gone, but he woke up in his bed among his panicked parents and grandmother. And so his parents later described that like, they felt like they were in some kind of trance during this. Like, they were somewhat aware of what was going on, but they couldn't move. And then um, they came out like after he was being carried away. And I guess they actually in their panic, then they like, again, I don't know how long it was. And I don't know if they even know, but Hmm. they heard like a thud and some scraping on the roof of the trailer and went up there and didn't see the creature, but they saw Hancock on the roof of the trailer. So they brought him inside and like dried him off and laid him in bed. And then he woke up later. So, Wow. Yeah. And this guy like was talking about, again, he, this was pretty recently in the past couple of years that he came forward. A lot of people have been coming forward with experiences from their childhood that have been seeing all of these sightings, like that didn't know these sightings were happening and just happened to stumble upon an article about it. Cause there have been articles about these sightings in some real news sites and things like that. Just being oh, like, yeah. Oh, this weird shit's being talked about. I, I found an article um, on NPR. Yeah, yeah, me too. There's not what you would expect. And like no, not what you'd expect at all. And like some, you know, local news station websites and stuff, just you know, like not giving an opinion one way or another, but just being like, hey, this is being talked about. Right. Um, so yeah, this guy had just seen these articles and been like, Oh, that sounds similar to what I saw. Um, and I believe it was this guy who said that he went so he'd been, you know, had these memories for all these years and struggled with them and at some point he went to go see the Mothman prophecies, the movie. Mm. And I guess when they first like showed the Mothman on screen, he said he had like a fucking breakdown. Like Oof. he couldn't do it, which I get that to me is terrifying. Yeah. Like you're potentially seeing something that looks similar to what you saw in real life. It's like a trigger warning and a half. Yeah. I'm actually, I mean, I bet I can see, I was like, at first I was like surprised that he would go see it, but then I'm like, I probably would too. Mm-hmm. Just to be like, huh? And then, yeah, it would just hit you a little too hard. Um, so yeah, there's that, an actual kidnapping, which is nothing like anything that happened in Point Pleasant. No. Um, Seriously. In, yeah, like we pretty much agreed in the Point Pleasant sightings, like Mothman seemed largely, I mean, he did maybe eat that dog. Yeah, but again, you know, but, you know everything's got to eat something. Circle of life. Yeah. Mothman's got to eat. 
Right. Maybe. But other than that, I mean, he, well, yeah, we were uncertain about that. We we're like, Oh, if he's like interdimensional, like we're beyond gender, but maybe not beyond eating wild animals. We don't know. Yeah. <laughs> he still needs sure. a food source. Yeah. But, um, largely, I mean, aside from like chasing people in their cars, which isn't really cool. Right. And potentially causing the collapse of the silver bridge. If you believe in that sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff up in the air, so, but largely, I mean, not kidnapping anybody, not killing anybody, not even hurting anybody really. Yeah. Um, Just a, a general sense of impending doom. Yeah. Which that we'll talk about that. Cause that's definitely a thing oh, in, yeah. in these more current sightings too. Um, and then there was in July, 1977, a Logan County resident. So this is 175 miles Southwest of Chicago. So a little further, but mm. close. Um, the town of Lawndale, this woman claimed that she was watching her children play in the backyard and two giant bird-like creatures attacked her family. Jesus. Um, and she says that one of these giant birds snatched up her 10 year old who weighed like 55 pounds in its talons and carried him several yards before she like started beating on the bird and it dropped him. (laughs) Um, she said she went to the police. She was basically laughed out of the precinct. They were ridiculed by community members. Um, the son became known by his schoolmates as bird boy. People would leave dead pigeons on their porch. This is like a whole thing. Um, that seems excessive. Yeah, it seems like a lot. And also seems like a story that, you know, like you could write it off as like, oh, that's just like an urban legend, I bet. But one of the articles I read was on the Lincoln Courier's online site and the man writing the article was Dan Tackett who's a retired managing editor of the courier who actually covered the story at the time among many other reporters so obviously doesn't mean that it couldn't have just been made up but this was actually like picked up by news organizations eventually all over the globe um so this you know at least was a a for sure reported story Hmm. um and yeah a friend of this retired managing editor almost scored an interview with the now grown child who had almost been carried away. But I guess the guy skipped out on the interview. So interesting. I wonder, I mean, think about it. A human child and a dog are not all that dissimilar in their sort of like weight and composition. So what if he was trying to eat the child? Right. Yeah. He was just like, Ooh, sweet. That thing is like running around down there. Let's go get it. It's like the perfect size. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, even when we talk about like wild animals that we know of, there's a lot of things talked about where certain animals like to stay away from people and like to stay away from like busier towns and, you know, metropolitan areas because that's just where they, you know, they want to be out in the woods. But like if certain things prevent them from finding the food that they need, they might venture further and further out. Mm -hmm. Um, Even here in Portland, we've got this potentially like coyote type of thing or like a wolf or something has been spotted in, you know, neighborhoods in Portland and people are like freaking out hmm. about like, oh my God, we had like, don't let your fucking grandmother out and don't let your kids out or whatever. But it's like, they aren't Ew. out like looking for flesh. They are looking for like, we've had a really dry year, so they might have a harder time finding water. Right. So they're venturing, you know, maybe a larger radius out from where they normally would to find water. So because we're encroaching on their territory. Exactly. Like. Yeah, they don't have limited space to live because of their own choosing. They are there because we build houses and buildings and shit. Exactly. So, you know, maybe this type of thing, some something causing these mothmen to 
need food more desperately. I don't know. Right. Um, in 1981, I read about a 13 year old had a psychic encounter with a winged being. You hear about this one? Oh shit. Blowing Gray's mind right now. <laughs> Cause I went um, deep. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> Gray's you like, a, you had a knack for research that I don't have. Yeah. I just, you know, go down holes. We've talked before about how I just like get down these holes and I'm like, Oh shit. Um, this is the last one before we enter the 2017 and beyond sightings. Yes. I swear. Um, so this guy at the time, 13 years old, he was living in Cicero, Illinois, which is only about eight miles from Chicago. This is very close. He spoke with Lon Strickler again, the paranormal dude, awesome paranormal dude. Yep. The man who referred to as MR said he suffered terrible abuse during his young life. One night he was hanging out in his backyard, typical for him and meditating something that he had taught himself to do, I guess, to sort of escape this situation that he was in. Right. He sat on the grass. He said he was able to enter into a deeper level of spiritual awareness than he usually was able to achieve. Um, but soon he became aware of an unknown presence. He exited his meditative state and immediately noticed a pair of intense red eyes staring back at him from across the alleyway. Oof. Um, yeah, there was a winged being standing against the neighbor's white garage about 75 feet from him. It was a thin black human shape that stood seven feet in height. I guess he was comparing it to like a four foot chain link fence hmm. at the end of his yard. There were wings folded on its back that extended above its long, thin head. MR was paralyzed and frozen in place. The being was soon communicating with MR telepathically. He said more intent in garnering his attention than actually expressing information. And he said this took place for like a solid five to seven minutes. And he kind of had emotions ranging from like tranquility to terror, like all hmm. over the board, but yeah, nothing like no message relayed necessarily just like this intense connection. Um, that seems to be a wonder a, too. A, a, a pretty big theme is yeah. Like the, the imparting of an overall vibe, but not a mm. communication of anything specific, or I guess at least nothing that right. we can pick up on with our, with our mortal brain. Yeah. I, I just can't help but wonder. So yeah, this being seems to have the capability of potentially connecting with people, not everybody, but certain people. Um, and it seemed like this particular witness in speaking with Lon Strickler did say something about how they thought that like, yes, some of the sightings are happenstance. People just are in the right place at the right time. But he thinks that this creature seems to seek out certain people that maybe it believes to have, I don't know, a higher probability of being able to communicate back with it or being able to receive its communication. Right. Um, which, yeah. Somebody who God, meditates like, already, like is in that state right. of mind where they're able to, whatever maybe like their brain waves are more conducive to communication or something mm. interesting yeah it's very interesting to think about that side of it which can be its own long topic on in itself like we've talked a little bit about certain people being more receptive to like seeing spirits or even seeing cryptids right um in general just people who are more open to it. I mean, of course that can be interpreted both ways. Somebody who's more likely to be thinking about it would be more likely to attribute something weird to maybe a more mundane experience. Right. Like you and I being in a room and something falls off a shelf, we would immediately go to like ghost. ghost. 
<laughs> but somebody else might just be like mouse, you know, guys, right. like maybe Come something up. more normal, but we're like, nope. Yep. Um, so there's that side of it, but also, you know, I do think that some of these creatures need somebody who's more of an open vessel, somebody who is already attuned to maybe receiving this communication. So maybe this creature knew that this person was going to be open to it. Maybe there was some kind of, I don't know, something lost in translation as far as like this being was trying to convey something and got the connection there, but then couldn't like get the words out. I don't know. Right. But (coughs) terrifying nonetheless. Wow. Uh, It's good. uh, (laughs) It's good podcasting right there. Yeah. We're going to keep that in there. (laughs) Nice. Good times. Um, so yeah, they're the sort of, again, we could go into many more. I like stopped at that one. Cause I was like, all right, I'm going to take over the whole episode with pre 2017, but there's many more. Again, if you go to the uh, singular 40 and society website, you can read right. all kinds of sightings. Well, um, I mean, I think that's, I think that's also interesting to note that like, you know, this whole Mothman phenomenon isn't like, it's not like it's happening in these very small amounts here and there, or like very localized to one area, like Mothman seems to be all over the place. He's constantly being sighted. He's constantly like traveling or in various countries around the world. So is it one creature that is the one, one of a species that's traveling around and in all these places at once, or is it multiples of a, of a, uh, species? Is it right? Should we be talking about moth people instead of moth man? Right. Yeah. I think this will, there's a couple more eyewitness accounts that maybe, uh, answer that question a little bit, but I think it's definitely possible that there is more than one. Right. Um, so yeah, we, so now just again, jumping, we're not literally jumping from 81 to 2017. There are many others that you can read about, but we're just gonna, right put a pin in those older ones and go to these more recent. So again, in Chicago, these have been happening for a long time, but there were at least 55 sightings of the creature in Chicago in 2017 alone. Yes. Um, so yeah, most again, spotted the being in flight, but some detailed it dropping on the hoods of cars, mm-hmm. peering through windows, swooping down at bystanders. Um, so one of the ones that I really liked was, um, I guess it wasn't this one, but there's several that talk about that sort of that psychological connection, that, um, telepathic connection. Right. But, um, yeah, there was like a woman walking her dog in Oz park in April, 2017 saw what looked like a seven foot tall man, solid black with large. She said, I do mean large pair of wings uh, folded (laughs) behind him, which again, the wings stood taller than the man. She said he looked like a giant half man, half bird kind of thing. It reminded me of the character bird person from the show Rick and Morty, only a lot scarier. <laughs> I've almost <laughs> said bird person a few times. And <laughs> you're like, nope, hold it back. Nope, gotta hold but it back. There it wow. is. Um, but yeah, she did interestingly mention that it looked at her for maybe 15 seconds, spread its wings, screeched and flew off. Typical classic Mothman. Classic Mothman. Um, but she added, quote, I felt like this thing could see right through me, read me. It knew what I was thinking, like it could stare right into my very soul. It Oof. was the most terrified I have ever been in my life. Jesus. Um, and that, I mean, on one hand, it's like, okay, that's probably normal for somebody to see something 
unexplainable and feel terrified, but it's just that sort of like, there is a lot of mention and there was in the Point Pleasant ones of people talking about feeling like they were connected mentally to this creature. Yes. Which and, is fascinating. Which, uh, again, I have to think that, so if Mothman or Moth people are of a different dimension, it's interesting that they are able to interact both with our dimension so well, but also interact with our brains or our consciousness well enough that they can communicate with us. Whether they're just, I mean, yeah, they just seem to be communicating sort of like, like an overwhelming sense of dread or a sense of like knowing or whatever, but like it's still interacting with our brainwaves well enough where it's like, you wouldn't think that like something from not even a different planet, but a whole different universe, reality, timeline, whatever would be able to interact with us so well, but they can. Right. They can like well, but also poorly. Like they can communicate well enough to connect like our, you know, consciousness together in a sense, right. but not quite well enough to actually tell us what it is they're trying to say. Right. And yeah, I mean, I think we might've talked about this a little bit in episode one about how like possibly that sense of dread is what they're communicating. Like, making these people feel like, oh shit, but then it's just too vague for people to do anything about it. And of course you're going to just attribute that feeling to like, yeah, I was terrified, but not necessarily like, is this creature trying to tell me that something's coming, something's happening right? or what? There's like not enough information for them to be, be able to be proactive. Um, hmm. which is terrifying. Very terrifying. Um, yeah. Like just, you're just getting this, intense fear from this creature, but you don't really know. I mean, I just don't know that I'd ever be able to forget that. No, God, no, this would burn itself into your consciousness for all time. Yeah. Forever. Um, yeah, there was a woman again, April, 2017, uh, was out on Lake Michigan with her husband and two other couples. She said they were like two miles out on the lake. Um, about 10 p.m. and she just happened to look up and saw what looked like a giant bat. She said it was as tall as her husband who was six feet, four inches, or even bigger. Oof. The bat circled the boat three times in complete silence before heading off. It quickly blended into the night sky and was gone in seconds. Um, but interestingly, she also added that about five minutes after seeing the creature, she saw a bright green object traveling north to south at the horizon. And it was at that point that she felt this overwhelming sense of dread and urgency to get off the water. Like... Oof. insisted to her husband that they get back to land. Wow. Um, there's a, there's a lot of that, like um, the intertwining of Mothman sightings and UFOs mm. all, going all the way back to the Point Pleasant sightings, like moth, like either UFOs follow Mothman or Mothman follows UFOs. Right. Yeah. Mothman's coming from a UFO. We don't know. Hmm. Um, and yeah, later that same night, so that was 10 PM about 10 30 PM. Another witness in Chicago was hanging out with friends. Um, she said as they were just talking, they heard what sounded like a bird flapping its wings. Uh, quote, one of my homies yelled out that he saw a huge lechuza over by the road, which the lechuza is a Mexican urban legend or myth about an old woman who can turn into a giant black bird. Hmm. Um, we walked over there and saw what looked like a big owl. As we walked up on it, this owl stood up on two feet and looked right at us. We saw what looked like a huge lechuza, except it was about six feet tall and really big. And it had large glowing red eyes. Um, 
And then, yeah, later that night, 2 a.m., somebody arrived for work at the Chicago International Produce Market and walked across the parking lot to see a bunch of guys staring up at the sky. They looked up and saw the, quote, biggest freaking owl I have ever seen. I'm six foot two inches, and I'm guessing this thing was at least a foot taller than me. Hmm. It was completely black except for it having bright yellowish-reddish eyes like a cat. It stood there for a minute or two staring at everyone before shooting up into the sky and disappearing. What the hell? Hmm. Again, this is all one night. This is like 10 p.m., 10.30, somebody else sees it. 2 a.m., a group of people see it. Like, Which, again, that's what we always talk about, how you can kind of... Uh, that I think have the most... Like the sightings that have the most validity is when there's multiple sightings by multiple people in multiple locations on the same night. Right. So I, yeah, the, all like these people just, saw something. Right. Yeah, something was going like... Something was traveling around and... We'll get into the more of the theories later, but just something to me about the way this thing moves and is able to travel and fly, like just does not strike me as anything that we know of, you know, like anything that can no. be explained. It's like people describe it as being, you know, a bat and a owl and stuff, but I really don't think that it is anything like that. No. Um, yeah. Later that month, there was a guy fishing. Um, he reported seeing a man sized black bird. And another man walking with his six-year-old in a nearby park in early May reported a similar encounter. There were, oh, one of the ones I really liked in May 2017, a Hmm. sighting described two of these bat-like creatures. She said that they saw one and then it was flying around in the sky and then a second one joined it and they flew figure eights around each other in the night sky. She said it was almost like they were dancing with each other. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Is that like a mating she, ritual? I don't know. Like she said, as terrifying as it was, like it was almost kind of beautiful the way they I, were just like doing these figure eights. I was like, all right. All right. I can see that. I mean, yeah. if I could get over like the sheer existential dread of seeing two moth people dancing in yeah. figure eights, they, that would be, that'd be kind of dope. Yeah. It'd be kind of cool. Like trying to picture it. I'm like, all right, that'd be, you know, like there, it's always talked about flying, like very, you know, silently and just kind of like smoothly flapping around. I'm like, all right, I could see if they were doing these figure eights. That could be kind of nice. Right. But that sort of, that was like the first, one of the first encounters that I had seen that specifically described seeing more than one at a time. Right. Where we're not just theorizing like, oh, there's all these sightings and all these places. Are there more than one? But like this person actually saw two. So we know that there's Um, at least two. Yeah. There's at least two potentially that, are flying around together. And yeah, I don't know. Is that a mating thing? Is that a, who knows? Hmm. Um, yeah. In late June, one of the more convincing accounts came from a man, at least claiming to be a Chicago police officer. He was on routine patrol with his partner. They got flagged down by a group of people who were pointing up to the top of an apartment building that was on the corner. He reported seeing a large creature with wings on top of the building. They shined flashlights on it and it flew away. Um, and people that were crowded around said that they had seen the creature flying over the neighborhood the previous two nights. Um, hmm. So that was, again, we talk a lot about some reports being more credible if they come from people like police or military or trained um, observers. Yeah. Trained observers that tend to maybe be a little bit more worried about jeopardizing their careers in that right. sense that exactly. might have stronger repercussions for being like, yeah, I saw a fucking Mothman. Right. Um, it's not just like some 
paranormal researcher who does that for a job, who's trying to get as much exposure as possible. This is somebody who could potentially, yeah, lose their job or like not get a promotion or something because they're seen to be like too out there or something. Right. Hmm. So that does lend a little bit more credibility. We, we are not necessarily like pro police, pro military people, but just in the context of what we're talking about, that does lend itself a little bit more. Just again, like, it's not just me saying that I saw a Mothman. Like, right. yeah, some of my friends might be like, okay, but nothing's going to happen professionally for me. Right. Um, but, you know, a police officer or somebody in the military, especially going public with something like that or talking about it to anybody else, like, could have some stronger consequences. So. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so there was a... Ooh, one of the good ones too, in August of 2017, as reported to the Phantoms and Monsters website, um, this couple, I think, were watching and observing as the moon began its transit. This was a solar eclipse. They heard a very loud scream. She said it sounded like squeaky truck brakes that squeal when you're pressing hard on them. Hmm. Um, she said at first, that's what we thought it was, maybe a CTA bus or big truck with brakes that needed changing or maintenance. We heard it again. This time it lasted about three seconds, whereas the previous sound was brief. They looked up to see a large object flying low over the docks that stick out into Burnham Harbor from across the water. This object looked like a large black bat, but also had humanoid features such as pronounced arms and legs. Um, hmm. That like, particular kind of scream, I f- could swear we had some sightings in the Point Pleasant area that mentioned that type of scream that sounded like truck brakes. Oh, yeah. Or like a... um. Was it a train horn? Oh, yeah. 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 Like, Hmm. just like a very inhuman type of scream, like this almost mechanical, like metallic sounding shriek. Terrifying. Yeah, that's horrifying. And, but yeah, (laughs) consistent with, consistent with past sightings. So it's sort of like, it's gotta be, it's gotta be the same thing, the same phenomena. Right. Yeah, it definitely, I don't know. There's just so many similarities. Like, um, I don't know, just these d- certain descriptions of it being certain types of wings that look all the same, like a, the very pronounced body. Like so many people mention this very human-like body with like these pronounced arms and legs, like mm-hmm. very, very consistent. Um, yeah, there was, so, oh, one of the other ones that I liked was August 2017. A woman was walking around in the playground area of Indian Boundary Park in Bolingbrook, Illinois, hmm. which is a suburb of Chicago. Um, 10.30 p.m., she said she came upon a seven to eight foot tall being standing in the middle of a pathway. The witness initially thought that it was, quote, two people embracing, but was surprised at the height. She also noticed a, quote, sucking and slobbering sound coming from the being. Hmm. She felt like she was being drawn to the being as well as feeling a sense of foreboding. Um, She grabbed her phone to capture a photo, but then at that moment was shocked when the creature slowly turned towards her, which is when she realized that it was not a couple. It was a single tall, dark humanoid and she continued to feel lured towards it. It had exceptional broad shoulders and looked like it was wearing a thick black unknown material. The head was human like, but quite small in size. Again, very common. Yep. Um, she was within 15 feet of it, but never noticed any eyes or facial features. She immediately took another path to get away, but soon experienced intense weakness and fear. 
she had to like sit down and compose herself and then eventually went home, told her son who recommended they go back and see if it was still there. They drove around the park. The son noticed a large dark shadow emerge from one of the bushes and stood near it. Again, he didn't see a face or any eyes, but he felt as though it was peering at him and he was overcome by intense apprehension and they went home. Somebody was like, we should go back and see if it's still there. I'd be like, no, we shouldn't. Yeah, nope. We shouldn't Mm-mm. do that. That sounds terrible. Yeah, like, I I mean, I'd be slightly tempted, I guess, if I was going with somebody. Like, at least it wasn't just me, but just... I'd be like, why don't you go and FaceTime me when you get there? Yeah, just let me know what you find. Um... Yeah, there was like a whole a Vice article about a an employee of a Logan Square bar uh, called the Owl. Funny enough, Ayo, <laughs> Ayo, who said um, he saw the Mothman gliding above the neighborhood one night. There, yeah, he was a bouncer. John Amatrano told Vice, "I saw a plane flying, but also something moving really awkwardly under it. It didn't <laughs> look like a bat so much as what illustrations of a pterodactyl look like, with the slenderness of its head and its wing shape." I know what birds and what bats look like. This thing didn't have any feathers or fur, but it didn't fly like anything I've ever seen. He said it had muscular legs, a jutting tailbone, and a human-like shape, and it flew in a strange swooping motion, undulating up and down. Hmm. Yeah. The swooping motion is interesting because a lot of those descriptions include that swooping motion where it's not just like a... Because like, okay, so if it was say like a drone or some kind Mm. of like hoax like that, it would be a very linear mechanical flying but the swooping i feel like is very biological like how a bird kind of like swoops as it flies it's not just like one linear motion it's like like dips and rises dips and rises yeah i think it's oh yeah it's something for sure has yeah it's something living right um and yeah various other there was a truck driver in 2019 that saw it at uh, o'hare while it was picking up a cargo shipment said it looked like a person with wings that were stretched out and flapping. There was somebody, again, who saw like they were sitting near a toll booth. Blah, blah. Wow, toll booth, yes. <laughs> toll booth. Plaza. Dog booth. <laughs> um, saw it like flying, you know, flying away. There was actually a video on the YouTube channel for Expedition X, a Discovery UK show. It's described as the team, quote, taking viewers to the stranger side of the unknown. Um, and the host of the show, Josh Gates shows the two investigators a video taken in Chicago where you can see what looks like a huge winged creature flying through the sky. It's insane looking. Um, and one of the investigators correctly said that it looked like a dragon. Like I feel like the video, it was freaky. The video though, like the wings were very much like what you think of a dragon wings. Like, Hmm. I don't know, almost like, I feel like sometimes with birds, when their wings flap, it's like the wing is still straight out. You know what I mean? But like this wing was like the whole wing was undulating too. Oh, interesting. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, like, the, like the wing is almost like less, not like solid, but less like, like rigid. Like it's more. Yeah. Flappy skin. Yeah. Wing. It was freaky looking. That's what I picture. And Oof. you know, any of that stuff can be written off as whatever, but, um, and then, yeah, this, this year, what do we say, late September, mm-hmm. a USPS worker reported seeing the creature as she was leaving her job at the airport. Yeah. Um, she thought it was a very tall person with a long coat, but she unlocked her car, turned on her headlights, and illuminated the figure. It was not a human. 
turned around and ran towards her, wings outstretched just before screeching and taking off into the air a mere 10 feet from her. Jeez. She said she was terrified. I mean, I get it. I totally get yeah, it. I would be as well. That sounds kind of awful. Um, but yeah, that kind of brings us up to date as like the most recent sighting. Again, you can find all kinds of lists. There's even, um, if you Google Chicago Mothman sightings, you can find several maps yes. that like Google maps that have all the locations and you can just click on the pins and it'll either have the description or a link for you to read the sighting mm-hmm. in more detail. So yeah, there's a little bit of everything. We kind of tried to pick like a grouping of sightings that had various different components to them, but you kind of see right. some people literally just see it flying around. Some people are seeing them like, I mean, these are sightings in the city. These are not people living out on farms that are right. seeing something weird. Like these are people in the city. So like there's so many different sightings of groups of people seeing the same thing, which I think is unique. Mm-hmm. Um, and that happened in Point Pleasant too. There were, you know, there was like that car full of people that saw the same thing. Um, right. It's not totally unique to Chicago, but I think it's, it's a unique thing. Like Lon Strickler, the paranormal researcher mentioned this being so unique, like having this many sightings in this, relatively short of a time with this many group sightings is unusual for any type of cryptid any like cryptid. this. It's not a thing that usually happens. Like imagine if there was like this many Bigfoot sightings all clustered together in one geographic area. Right. Yeah. And yet Mothman still kind just... of flies under the radar in some ways. Oh. Pun, pun intended. But it still is. like, you know, Bigfoot is, is a household name. Mothman is, I don't think is quite a household name. But should no, be. I don't think so. Given his prolificness, I feel like he should be household. He should be up there with Bigfoot in the pantheon of great cryptids. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, or they should be the moth. They people. should be. I know moth people. Right. Yeah, the collection of them. So that kind of brings us to um, various theories of what this or they sh- could be. Right. Um. The first one, which I always just knock down right away, is that it's a prank. Of course. It's a hoax. Nowadays, it's, with drones, with right. various pieces of technology, you could probably find a way to hoax this. Yeah. At least like the flying ones. I know. The ones where it's like, like somebody like standing, like it's like a they see him like standing and then he like all of a sudden takes off and fly, takes flight. Right. Exactly. Like, I don't know. I can't even just hoax that. No, if this was like a handful of people saw it in a week span and that was pretty much it, like I could see like, yeah, somebody decided to fuck around mm-hmm. and some people saw it and it was crazy and that was it. But like this long for years, yeah, the types of different sightings, like, I mean, if it was just seen flying or just seen standing, like sure, somebody got really creative with a costume or with a drone and they just happened to get some good eyewitnesses and that was like it, but right. not for this long, not these types of things. Like I just don't think we have the capability to have like a costume or like a, I don't know. We talked in the first episode about somebody with like a jetpack on. Right. Um, they and have yeah, those maybe more, now. I mean, yeah, they do exist. It's possible. I just, I think if that's true, somebody and like, and then there's the sighting of the two mh- doing the, figure eights like are there really two people out there fucking around yeah that, that would like be got together easy to coordinate night? no and i just don't know i and i'm i'm not an expert on uh 
I don't know, like <laughs> devices that the average person could obtain that could make them fly. But I kind of don't think there's something. I mean, I don't know. I guess it's, I won't write it off totally, but no. I'll say I'm like 99% sure it's not a prank. I am more uh, skeptical of it being a prank than of it being an interdimensional creature. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I'm more sure that it's some type of being sent from another dimension than I am about it being a dude with a jetpack. Exactly. Pretty pod. Like if I, if there's a, those two are like the two ends of the scale, right. much more on the interdimensional side. 100%. Um, then we kind of like, so another theory, which I guess this can be called a theory. Um, so there are legends in Illinois about mysterious giant birds dating all the way back to the Cahokia tribe. Mm-hmm. Um, an advanced and largely urbanized chiefdom on the banks of the Mississippi River that kind of petered out in the 13th century. Interesting. Um, yeah, there are motifs filled with serpents, dragons, and all kinds of creatures dotting the cliffs around the former Cahokia heartland, both uh, serving religious purposes as well as warning strangers and foes alike that they were entering their territory. Hmm. The most famous of those is what's now known as the Piazza Bird, a massive drawing etched in the limestone cliffs outside of Alton, Illinois. Um described in the 1600s by a Jesuit missionary, Jacques Marquette. As he was exploring the area, he was describing like these painted monsters, which were horrifying. Um, But yeah, the original depictions of the bird were described as some sort of hybrid reptilian bird. Hmm. Um, Though in later descriptions, they're more just bird-like. But they, the tribe calls them thunderbirds, which we've talked about a little bit before. Um, for the sound that they make when they flap their giant wings. Right. So these were considered to be highly intelligent creatures alternating between preying on and assisting the tribe whenever they pleased. Um, and that kind of, I mean, matches up in some ways to what is being seen. So one of the theories is that these, this is not anything new by any stretch that these are um, sort of a continuation of these Thunderbird sightings. These potentially right. have been, if that civilization petered out in the 13th century, that this has been happening for hundreds of years. Um, yeah. Th- and Thunderbirds so. are kind of one of those things that have been in they're in native American legends from California to Maine. Um, mm. Similar types of like, yeah, like flying creatures. They're kind of like the proto, like if you look at like maps where they map out various cryptids from the United States, Thunderbirds are always kind of, all throughout like the Midwest. Mm. So it would make sense that Chicago being the biggest city in the Midwest, that, you know, this thunder, I guess the question is why, like what is, what's, what's Mothman's, what's his, what are their aim? Like, what are they trying to do? Mm. And why would they, why would they congregate in a city around people rather than like, I don't know, like the Grand Canyon or something or somewhere where they could, stretch their wings and just kind of be away from people. It's like all about the puns today. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm like literally (laughs) not even trying. I mean, yeah, that was like literally stretch their wings, but also like stretch their wings, stretch their wings, you know, just, just just cut loose. (laughs) Just a bunch of Thunderbirds cutting loose in the Grand Canyon. I mean, really though, like it does. This is kind of why we have like a theories section and then like a, theories about the actual being like if if we can agree that this is like a being then like what's its deal um, which we i think we can always agree that we are always fans of the the creature being real 
Oh yeah. Definitely. Like the only other theories that exist are, um, well, okay. Two other theories. Essentially, Illinois is home to a significant population of turkey vultures. Mm -hmm. These are large carrion eating birds. By the way, carrion is decayed flesh of dead animals. Gross. Yes. Um, so could be that also there's like condors exist, Mm -hmm. but typically not in Chicago. Um, but you know, turkey vultures typically don't hunt live prey. So like snatching up that kid, they do have like a similar wingspan, but Mm -hmm. just seems unlikely. And again, with the condors, they typically are like more West coast thing, California. But, um, on top of that, even today, there are only around 300 California condors in the wild Hmm. and they aren't native in Illinois at all. And in the 1980s, which even was like at the later end of when some of these sightings were happening, fewer than two dozen existed in the entire world. Like, Jeez. These, you know, people got together to collect the only surviving condors to have them mate and create more. So at the time that some of these were happening, there were only two dozen. So I don't know. I just don't don't know if that's a thing. And like, so now we're going to think that there's like just this rando or a couple of rando condors like in Chicago. Just, I don't know, doing shit the condors don't do. I don't buy that. Yeah, I don't buy that it would be a, like, I think one of the other theories, like there's always like the condor, but there's the, the what's it? The egret or the, uh, Oh, um, the, uh, sand, the, the sandhill oh, crane. Yes. The sandhill crane. Ugh, Another theory. theory. It's just, I don't, I don't buy it because, so are we, are we supposed to believe either that there's one giant and or mutated sandhill crane that has been living since 1967 in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, that has also traveled north to Chicago and is still alive, like, what, 60 years later. We're supposed to believe that? Or that there's just multiple giant mutated sandhill cranes that are unknown to science that are flying around? I just, I don't understand. Again, why would there be a sandhill crane that's spending, like, the last almost 10 years in Chicago? Like yeah. this dense urban area that's surrounded by like the Midwest where there's definitely areas where they could just like live in a swamp with no people around. Right. I don't buy it. Yeah, I don't buy it. There's, we also talked about like the giant uh, owl mm-hmm. in Point Pleasant that, you know, could apply as well here too. Right. I don't, don't think so. No. Um, yeah, I just don't think so. The, the way that people describe it, Owls don't have glowing red eyes. Nope. We talked a little bit about, oh, I forget what the word is, but the, the type of eyes that when you shine light on them, they like reflect oh, yeah. the light back. Is it, it's not crepuscular, is it? Am I just making that word up? I don't know. That sounds like a real word. It sounds like a real word, but I don't know if it's the right it word. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. It could be, but there's something like that. And I think that kind of, I think of that sometimes when people describe Mothman's eyes as like, like a cat's mm-hmm. because cat's eyes do that. You shine a flashlight on a cat at night and you get like these creepy glowing eyes. Right. Um, but I don't know. I, and I don't believe God damn. Did we decide back then that owls do have eyes like that or they don't? We are Shit. hacks and frauds. And so we don't remember. <laughs> yeah. Don't remember two years ago, this random detail from an episode, Ugh. but it was either in support of, or, against the owl thing because it was either yeah. like they do or they don't either way i'm pretty sure 
owls don't communicate telepathically. No. I can at least go with that. As far as I know. Unless as far there's as I something know. unknown to science where they can do that. <sighs> yeah, it's possible. So I don't know. I, we always have to mention the bird, other bird theories, but I just don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the theory that people are seeing something unusual. Yep. Maybe one of the birds, maybe something else. And without a readily available explanation, their minds are just searching to fill in the gaps. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. David A. Gallo, a psychologist from the University of Chicago, whose research deals with memory, talked a bit about it in a Vice article about the Chicago Mothman. Um, he talked about how like, ideas about the supernatural can be culturally and socially transmitted, how people can have real witness experiences, but without something concrete to fill in those gaps of understanding, they can easily fill it with something suggested or implied. Again, whether it be somebody like us who believes more in the paranormal and just knows more about it in general, or somebody seeing something and somebody being like, Oh my God, was it the Mothman? Or did you read this article? Or did you hear like they saw something in the news and they're like, Oh my God, that's what I saw. Mm -hmm. Um, That can be a phenomenon as well that people are just like, I can't explain what I saw but this seems to explain it. And that makes me feel better right. than it not being explained at all. Um, hmm. I, don't I could, the whole, like, I don't feel like we're in a culture nowadays where something like mass hysteria could reach a whole city like that anymore. Right. I don't know. I guess the whole advent of QAnon just shows that maybe I'm incorrect and that the internet is actually Oof. the perfect way to spread awful ideas but um i I don't know i just feel like something like this like just being attributable to like i mean yeah if there were maybe like two three thing like two or three sightings like in the last 10 years in chicago you could attribute it to like oh yeah somebody saw something heard about this other mothman thing and so they just were convinced that that's what it was after the fact but like there's what like 50 60 set like there's so many sightings it's overwhelming Mm -hmm. and yeah, I'm sure some of them are related to hearing about Mothman and seeing something unexplainable and just connecting the two. But like a lot of these people are very specific in their descriptions and they're very, I don't know, like, like if not credible, they just seem at least like they're not just parroting what someone else said, you know? Right. Hmm. I don't buy, yeah. I don't buy the mess or the, I don't buy that this is all kind of like mass hysteria or anything either. No, I don't know. It just, I don't know. There's just something about it that doesn't, I mean, it is a fascinating topic and could almost be its own episode in mm. itself about like how people, how memories do work like that. But I just don't think, and that still just leaves. I mean, if somebody saw something that they could readily believe was a, eight foot tall humanoid with wings. Like they still saw something totally fucked to Mm -hmm. even be able to like, be like, yeah, I mean, they saw a large owl and then like somebody was like, Oh, was it a 10 foot tall man creature? They were like, yeah, like they did not see an owl. That's what I saw. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like I know you can exaggerate memories Mm -hmm. and that's a thing, but that just seems like a huge gap in what could like reasonably have been seen in real life. And what mm-hmm. somebody could believe that they saw and without the thing that they saw being still inexplainable, even if it's not Mothman and it's not an interdimensional traveler, it still was something mm-hmm. that we aren't aware exists. Right. 
It could be an, so. an, an animal as yet unknown to science. Yeah, sure. I mean, we happen to think that Bigfoot is an interdimensional traveler as well, but exactly. Bigfoot could also just be a species that has yet to be discovered. We don't know. Mm-hmm. So that kind of leaves us with, yeah, theories about the Mothman itself, himself, themselves. Moth people. Yeah, like what is Mothman? Is Mothman extraterrestrial? Is Mothman interdimensional? Mm. Is Mothman simply a biological entity or entities that exists here and all over the world, potentially? Um, Mm. I don't know. I lean towards interdimensional. Right. (laughs) Of course. I agree. Yeah. I mean, so I have to, I have to say, so thinking in researching this, I've figured that these new Mothman sightings are so wildly different than the Point Pleasant sightings. Mm. Um, there's no sort of like, so a part of the research I did for the show was to go back and try to see if there were any, so like if Mothman has been hanging out in Chicago for like almost 10 years now, and we have this history of Mothman arriving somewhere either on the, and either causing some kind of mass calamity or warning about a mass calamity, or even just like being there to experience the mass calamity that he knows is going to happen. Where's the mass calamity in Chicago? Nothing has happened right. in the last 10 years. He's still there. Um, you know, I, I looked at crime statistics in Chicago and Chicago definitely has a lot of murders. Um, but the peak of mur- the recent peak of murders was 2016 and it's been going in the mur- the number of murders per year are going down. Like this year, or last year it was like 500 murders in a year which is a lot yeah. of people. I'm not trying to undersell the fact that that's like a tragedy that that many people are dead from like from murder. But in the grand scheme of things, it's not a, you know, there's been other, like why wasn't he in Las Vegas during that Las Vegas shooting? Why wasn't he in, um, what was it? Where was the Pulse nightclub shooting that Miami? Oh yeah. Why yep. wasn't he th- there for that? Like there's been, why wasn't he in, um, what was that giant explosion that just happened in Beirut, Lebanon a couple oh, yeah. a couple months ago? Why wasn't he there for that? You know, like there's been other mass casualty events that I feel like Mothman would have gone to other than just staying in Chicago where there, yeah, there's a pretty steady rate of tragedy, but there's no big spikes happening. Um, so if you remove the kind of mass calamity part of the Mothman mo and you remove the prophecy part of it he's a giant humanoid flying creature with red eyes or yellow or blue eyes or whatever we'll get to that in a second um who's just flying around being generally terrifying yeah and i don't know if that makes me feel better or worse i like i think i liked him better when he had a when he had a purpose when he like had a mission he was on where he's trying to save people or at least experience tragedy or something. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. That's an interesting way to put that. Um, hmm. Maybe he just lives yeah. in Chicago. Maybe that's just where they're from. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's, yeah. that's where like he's the nest home. is. Well, like think yeah. about like salmon, how salmon come home to spawn in the same river or whatever, even though they go out into the Pacific ocean. Oh shit. Yeah. Like the dancing with that other Mothman mm-hmm. was like a, <gasps> mating ritual and they yeah. were yeah they're spawning more little mothmen 
Oh man. Yeah. Okay. So what if, <laughs> what if Chicago, and that's why the, the Thunderbird, um, legends are localized to the United States and North America, right. because that's <laughs> where the, that's where the Mothman spawn, the moth people spawn. spawn. Yeah. They're just like done traveling for a while. They're like, you know what? Mm-hmm. We've been all over the world. We need to like go back to our roots a little bit. Yeah. Settle down, start a family. <laughs> right. Yeah, like literally <laughs> right. people are watching them like in the middle of their mating. They're like, dude, mm-hmm. we're like right here in this boat. Can you guys chill? Right. Not, not be trying to like bang right now in the air. Um, yeah. In the air. Oh man. So question, so, do, do Mothmen lay eggs or do they give birth to live? Hmm. <sighs> I'm kind of, you know, for some reason I'm, I'm imagining them just giving birth. Mm-hmm. Me too. I don't know why. Just come out they there. just so humanoid, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's possible, but I would love to see like a big Mothman egg. Mm-hmm. Be great. <laughs> like, where are these being laid? If they were Mothman eggs that we're like never seeing, like nobody's found some giant. You'd have to think that'd be a pretty big egg. Oh yeah, I guess for that like a baby. A nobody's seen egg. any baby Mothmen. Right, moth babies. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I agree. Like, there isn't anything that's happened. I mean. So one person obviously was talking about like, oh, what some of the first cases of the coronavirus in the U.S. were in Chicago, but okay. that still doesn't, if sightings are still happening, mm-hmm. and again, it, it's not like this Silver Bridge collapsed and that was it, Mothman was never seen again in Point Pleasant, right. but it definitely was more of a focused thing for that year up until the collapse. So mm-hmm. if we're assuming that these, this sort of like, huge spurt of these. Ugh, why did I use the word spurt? Spurt. Let's go with flap. If we're going <laughs> to yeah, keep this. using the, uh, the puns. Yeah. Flap this huge flap. <laughs> I don't know why it would continue after. I mean, unless there's just more bad shit coming, like maybe there's just something so bad, not that a collapse of a bridge and deaths aren't bad and not that Chernobyl wasn't bad. And nine 11. I mean, obviously these things all had, long last and maybe that's the biggest thing is like a lot of these things that happen with mothman around i mean mothman has potentially prevented some things like at that mining incident mm-hmm. but what if mothman is kind of concentrated to like these really sort of longer lasting tragedies that have larger ripples throughout history where it's not just again not to downplay at all things right. like the pulse nightclub shooting or the Las Vegas shooting or all these other things. Not that those aren't tremendous tragedies, but in the scheme of history, something mm-hmm. like nine 11 is more historical. Um, but wouldn't Mothman be hanging out in like the middle East or well, right. Yeah. Somewhere where there's like, like I'm sure more people are dying in the middle East every day or Africa than they are dying in Chicago. True. Like we are not the, center of tragedies in the world by any stretch and (laughs) mothman type creatures have been seen elsewhere besides the united states of course Mm -hmm. um so yeah that kind of lends itself to like maybe there are this is a breed of creature Mm -hmm. that is yeah like trying hard to warn us about shit and failing definitely failing yes but that i think is more of our own failing rather than mothman failing Hmm. Um, also another interesting little tidbit for the sort of idea that Mothman is predicting something is, um, so I was researching this and looked up 
Mothman Chicago. And I always, with any of our topics, I always add Reddit to the end at some point. Like once I've done all my classic Googling and reading through other various things, I always want to see what Reddit has to say. Because mm-hmm. there's typically some good threads and there's people who know more than I do and have resources that I didn't find. Oh, yeah. Um, and one of the threads was talking about this random person mentioned oh yeah what about all the dreams that people have been having in chicago about nuclear war and i was like what now like record scratch type of noise right and um this thread was three years ago and this person mentioned it like being like hey what about that and like a bunch of people were commenting back being like what like because i just started having dreams about nuclear war out of nowhere that are recurrent And there was like a whole series of uh, blog posts about this where people were like writing in to be like, hey, I also just started having these like people who had never had dreams like that before, who were very suddenly just out of nowhere. You know, it's one thing to just have one nightmare that's weird like that where you're just like, whoa, like I don't know what got into my brain. But people just suddenly having them and then it continuing for weeks or months Hmm. of like several times a week having similar dreams about nuclear war. Um, so that was kind of an interesting thing. People were like, is this connected? Like this is around the time again, three years ago was around the time when these sightings in Chicago were at the very least like hitting sort of a, a peak, if you will, Mm -hmm. with 50 plus sightings in the year. Like, and this is also when a bunch of people are having these unexplained dreams about nuclear war. Obviously, you know, again, with, with this current presidential administration, maybe people in this country have, more reasons to be worried about things just Mm. exploding and collapsing, but just seems odd that it would be very centralized to this one area. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. I guess that doesn't portend well for this coming election. Wait, when does this episode drop? This episode is going to drop. Oh shit. (laughs) The day after election day. Jesus. So November 4th. y'all listening to this know the outcome of this election, but from where we're sitting, um, a second American civil war has never been more likely. So yeah, perhaps Chicago might be the epicenter of the first nuclear weapons strike in the American civil war. And that's why Mothman's been hanging out. Jesus. I don't know, but that's the thing. Like, I get that Mothman would want to be in Chicago for that. It makes sense. But he didn't need to get there 10 years ago. You know, he's been wasting right, a lot I mean, of time. He's, he could have, again, he could have absorbed a lot more tragedy in that time in other places. True. That's true. And unless again, like this is just, I don't know when you put it on a scale with, yeah, like nine 11 and Chernobyl. I mean, we're still seeing effects from Chernobyl, the Chernobyl explosion today. So this, oh, that yeah. was not like, you know, oops, it exploded and that was like it and it was terrible, but whatever, like that's a huge historical thing. Oh yeah. So I was gonna say like, unless he hangs out in places longer, depending on like the scale of the tragedy, in which case we should be terrified. If he was only in Chernobyl for a short time and that's what happened. Mm-hmm. If he's been in Chicago for 10 years or even three years, right. if we want to start in 2017 with like more focused, like that's still a long ass time. Oh yeah. If he, you know, we're thinking of him as like, I don't even know, like a battery charging until it like is charged up enough and explodes or whatever. Like if he's needing to charge for three years yep. for whatever's happening, this is bad. Seriously. It's real bad. Or it's bad enough that he's like trying that hard to like, please. Yeah, please guys. turn the shit around. And hmm. 
I don't know. So I still, again, were there being relatively few instances where Mothman is like hurting anybody or causing any harm, which typical in the cryptid lore cryptids are not typically known for like attacking people or doing anything terrible. They typically mm-hmm. are just existing, right? Scaring people. Yes. But for sure, not really doing anything that bad. Um, right. even the kid that was kidnapped, like he was fine. Yeah. He's, he's like fine. psychologically not, but no, physically God, no. fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I definitely lean towards as an explanation, like Mothman ultimately being a neutral party at the least, if not trying to help us, mm-hmm. um, trying to warn us something like that, trying to let us know something is coming. I don't think Mothman is causing anything um, or wanting anything bad to be happening. I think Mothman is in its own way trying to guide us as well as it can. Right. Do you think it's a single being or do you think it's a, it's a, a a genus of species? I don't know. Now I kind of think that it might be, there might be more than one. Right. I mean, for sure, that person who saw two, I mean, that you're not going to mistake seeing two of them mm-hmm. figurating around each other. That's right. That's a thing that happens. So there's definitely more than one at the very least, if not like an entire species. I mean, that can mean pretty much anything. This more than one could literally just mean two or it could mean 50 or a thousand. Right. Um, it would, it would explain all of the different eye colors that have been seen. What if, right? What if, like, instead of having different colored skin or whatever, of different variety of mothmen have different eyes, different hmm. color eyes? That's interesting. I would yes. like, hmm. I'd almost wonder if, like, the different eye colored mothmen, like, have different types of behavior, like, if they have kind of different personalities, if you will. Right. It's interesting. Hmm. I hadn't really thought about that. Yeah. Cause the eye color has always interested me because that's not, if there was just one, I mean, you can't. If you saw red eyes, you're not going to mistake that for green eyes. Like that's no. a pretty big difference in color as for far sure. as like red still being the most common, but still you're, yeah, you're not going to see green and be like, Oh, were they green or red? I don't know. Like those are different exactly. enough colors. Um, hmm. Interesting. So yeah, that, that has kind of always lended itself to like, maybe there isn't just one. Cause if there's just one creature with red eyes, nobody's going to mistake that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <sighs> I'm, I think I'm another, another sort of just random like thought I had while researching was the more I thought about Mothman's sort of like one sentence description, a winged humanoid with the power of foresight. That's mm. very close to like a Christian angel. Ooh. Yeah. So what Dang. if all those angels in the Bible, I mean, it's not the description of an actual angel in the Bible varies greatly and is similar yeah. it's not even humanoid at all but you know in the classic now classic conception of a christian angel it's just basically a person with wings so what right if, hmm. thought of that man that opens up a whole <laughs> yeah. whole box of shit oh yeah interesting so let's just just stew on that for a while huh well because like we've talked a lot about interdimensional beings Mm-hmm. you know, being these sort of extraterrestrials kind of trying to just like as closely duplicate as they can something that we already know. Yes. To make themselves like more appealing or understandable to us than they would be in maybe their, whatever their natural form is. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So yeah, what if there was like some kind of, like again, injured cold, like looking like a f- straight freak when he comes yes. around. Like this is what people like, look like. <laughs> yeah, like this is this is human, like the men in black being all weird and like no eyebrows and shit. Like they're yeah. they're so close. But <laughs> just a couple of like things. When off. Yeah, like and when you're off by that little, like it makes it even creepier because it's like you're trying so hard to be human, but you're just like, mm-hmm. oh, there's something not right about that. It's that uncanny valley. Yeah. So what if it's like similar to that where they're just like, oh, uh, like angels are kind of, you know, humans with wings. Like they just miss the memo that it's not supposed to be like a dark black human with bright red eyes. Right. Just like shit. So close. And little or no face. Yeah. Little or no face and no neck and like a banging butt. Banging butt. <laughs> like too much and uh, so people are just terrified and they're like shit like i gotta get away from this thing and they're like no 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 no. like we have someone to tell you and they're like nope too bad not sticking around for whatever that is so yeah hmm. could be like that you gotta think i mean we assume that any creature like that coming here like that's just how they look but like maybe they don't look like that maybe right. there's not some whole universe of mothmen flying around maybe they have a totally different physical you know, I don't know what you call it, body form, whatever. Yeah. That they inhabit when they're in their normal, but they're, yeah, they're trying to like relate to us in some way. Maybe they got some wires crossed and they're like, Oh, I don't know. Yeah. They're trying to look like a bat or a bird or something. They think that we like, and they're just right. getting it all wrong. They're like, Oh shit. It's like a bat, but it's like way too fucking big. Right. Like we're kind of mixing up the human body and the bat body. Like we don't really know. They're trying they're to like, read our yeah, shit, okay. but it's like a different Close language. Enough. Well, yeah. right, exactly. Maybe that's maybe they just as much as we can't understand them, they can't understand us. Yeah. Right. Like they're just trying to figure it out. They're like looking through all our stuff. They're just seeing pictures and they're just like, yeah, sure. Close enough. Like this time of year, we've got all these like weird things around. Like maybe somebody came here from that dimension, like around Halloween, and they're like, Man, there's bats everywhere. Like they love bats. Let's just <laughs> be a bat. Love bats, dude. <laughs> <laughs> What's better than a bat? An eight foot bat. Yeah. Six to eight ten foot, foot bat. bat. Yes with a really muscular body, like nothing like a bat's body at all. Let's just do that. It's gonna be great. Hmm. I don't know. So yeah, I just feel like I've always gotten the idea that there's like just wires being crossed. Like Mm -hmm. it's just not quite working. Whatever they're trying to accomplish, which is something because I just, you don't really hear about too many cryptids like communicating in the way that Mothman tries to communicate. Right. So right. There's clearly a purpose here beyond just happening to exist and being spotted. It's like an intentional, right. I don't know, some just lurking around, but some, yeah, like coming up to certain people and being like, yo, I need to tell you something. Mm-hmm. And that person's just screaming and they're like, no, that's not <gasps> how we do this. Or they think that's how we talk. And that's why Mothman keeps shrieking. Cause it's like, every time I go up to people, they just scream. So I'm going to scream and then it's making it worse somehow. But it comes out like a train horn. Yeah, like a giant truck putting the brakes on and like people are just like, no, this is terrible. Jesus. So I, don't know, I just think whatever Mothman's trying to do is not working. And again, not for fault of Mothman. Mothman's no. trying his hardest. He's trying his best. And that's essentially where we landed last time was like us feeling bad for Mothman. Like, man, Mothman's I do trying. still feel bad. Although at least now he found love. He's got a family. Yeah, he's got a family. And they were dancing around whatever family looks like to them. Mm-hmm. It's great. Whether they have babies or each other, some other, I don't know what's going on. Who knows? But the, I hope that Mothman is happy. 
I hope so too. And I guess let's all keep our eye on Chicago and see what the fuck happens there. Because if, if history is any indication, Chicago's in for something. Yeah. Maybe in for something really bad and definitely hope that, you know, this all really came to a head, you know, after Trump took office and, now this is kind of like still going on when Trump is potentially about to take office again. Mm-hmm. Let's hope that that's not the thing because if we're going to talk about something that is going to have lasting ripples throughout history that, I mean, it's already been it, but that could be it. Oh yeah. Second Trump and, administration. Ugh. Yeah. Just more riots and more. Yeah. Civil war potentially. So mm-hmm. we're going to see. So yeah, I think that's, that's kind of kind of where we have to land on Mothman is like, they're trying. They're trying really hard and we're just not not, not getting listening. the message. Either we're not listening or we can't listen. Yeah. And you know, we're kind of a stubborn people. Yeah. Like yeah. Mothman could have just straight up told us like don't elect Donald Trump and we would have been like you don't know. You don't know you shit, don't know. Mothman. What's the worst thing that can happen? Yeah, what's the worst? Ugh. Yeah. So, interesting. We love you, Mothman. Yeah, he's still uh, still one of my favorite cryptids. Yeah, he for is sure. arguably my favorite cryptid because he defies debunking. Yep, he is consistently like fascinating. Like he's not. Mm. He seems to be one of the most intelligent cryptids that we've dealt with. Yeah, and one who is the most capable of travel and uh, having an agenda that he can execute and just kind of generally like being like in cool places at cool times. I mean, cool, not necessarily nine <laughs> eleven wasn't cool, but like, no, but like interesting. Does Mothman just have like crazy FOMO? Like right. Mothman doesn't want to miss out on create like he wants to be there for all of like history's greatest. Okay. I don't want to say greatest hits, but no, you know what I mean? Like yes, in the list of wild things happening in history, mm-hmm. Mothman just wants to be there and be like, dude, I saw that. Exactly. I tried I to stop there. it, but I couldn't. I but flew I next to the plane that flew into the World Trade Center. Yeah. Like he just has a really, again, a very confused view on like what, what is cool to be present for. Like mm-hmm. nobody wants to brag about that, but he's like, dude, it was sweet. I was there. And they're like, wait, you didn't like stop the planes? And he's like, well, no, I couldn't do that. But like I was there with them. Right. He can't interfere. Yeah. It's like um, back to the future. Can't interfere in the right. past. Yeah. Or like Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Freaking <laughs> yeah. Chewbacca. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, great. So regularly purposely confuses Star Trek and Star Wars that I've like stopped noticing. Like I can't remember what the text was pretty recently, but you said you responded to something Star Trek related with Star Wars. And I like, was so used to you doing it that I like responded as if you hadn't even said that. And then it wasn't mm-hmm. until Nate, my husband was like fucking gray that I was like, what? Like, what did he say? And then I looked and I was like, Oh, you totally said star Wars. Oh yeah. Yeah. S- friggin' nerds. Yep. <sighs> Very sorry. Um, but yeah, I love Mothman. Yeah. I was worried mm-hmm. researching this, that it was going to be like not boring, but you know, like repetitive because I was like, Oh, we've already done this and we've already done all the research. Like, is this just going to be like, ugh? but I was totally like enthralled again. Like, wait a second. This shit's still happening with the same frequency. Yeah. It's still happening and it's still insane. And Mothman is still so cool. Mm -hmm. So 
I don't know. That's kind of where we land. But listeners, we would love to know what you think of Mothman. If, especially yes. if you live in Chicago, have you seen shit? Mm-hmm. Have um, you seen the Mothman? Yeah. Have you seen the Mothman? Do you know anybody who has? It seems like a lot of people have. So let us know. But yeah, let us know what you think. Do you think Mothman is just a weird creature? Do you think there's a bunch of them? Do you think they're trying to warn us? And what do you think if they are trying to warn us is going to happen? What's going to happen in Chicago? Yeah. Stick with us and predict the future. It's going to be great. But (sighs) yeah. So that is episode 55 of Unknowable. Unknowable. Love you.